Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad Baruch Shem Kehud Malkuto Le'olam Va'ed Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom forever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Friday, December 23rd. I want to draw your attention to a pick on the navigation menu on the Daily Audio Torah website. It is found under Our Projects and Partners. Select Torah House Global Prayer Network. This is a call to believers throughout the nations everywhere to take a place on the wall of prayer and to raise up a standard against the rising tide of evil and lawlessness that we see in our nations and in our culture. Let me share with you from their vision statement. The Torah House is an imaginary space where we meet every Arab Shabbat Friday night at 9 p.m. We all pray from our own location and in our own time zone. Together, we will enter into the virtual Torah House every Friday night Arab Shabbat at 9 p.m. your local time. His set-apart people will meet with Yeshua in His Torah House. Community prayer is of tremendous value because as we pray of one heart, mind, and purpose, great power is released in the heavens. We begin our prayer time with a great shofar blast and enter Yahuwah's courts with praise. We come against the relentless tide of evil that is swallowing up the nations. We ask our Father to establish His Torah in our city, our region, and our nation. Each month there is a featured prayer theme for the month so that together we can focus our prayers on the prayer theme for that month. Go to thetorahouse.com to see the prayer theme for this month. To learn more or to sign up to become a partner, coordinator, or member, go to thetorahouse.com and find out more. Join with others throughout the nations every Friday night at 9 p.m. your time as together... We raise up a symphony of prayer to Abba Father in seeking His face and crying out to Him for the remnant to return to the God of Israel and to His great and glorious Torah. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the New Living Translation for the Hebrew Scriptures and for the Brit Hadashah. Today we continue the Torah portion, Meketz, and it means, At the End of. Genesis 43:16-29 When Joseph saw Benjamin with them, he said to the manager of his household, These men will eat with me this noon. Take them inside the palace, then go slaughter an animal and prepare a big feast. So the man did as Joseph told him and took them into Joseph's palace. The brothers were terrified when they saw that they were being taken into Joseph's house. It's because of the money someone put in our sacks last time we were here, they said. He plans to pretend that we stole it. Then he will seize us, make us slaves, and take our donkeys. 
The brothers approached the manager of Joseph's household and spoke to him at the entrance to the palace. Sir, they said, we came to Egypt once before to buy food, but as we were returning home we stopped for the night and opened our sacks. Then we discovered that each man's money, the exact amount paid, was in the top of his sack. Here it is. We have brought it back with us. We also have additional money to buy more food. We have no idea who put our money in our sacks. Relax. Don't be afraid, the household manager told them. Your God, the God of your father, must have put this treasure into your sacks. I know I received your payment. Then he released Simeon and brought him out to them. The manager then led the men into Joseph's palace. He gave them water to wash their feet and provided food for their donkeys. They were told they would be eating there, so they prepared their gifts for Joseph's arrival at noon. When Joseph came home, they gave him the gifts they had brought him and then bowed low to the ground before him. After greeting them, he asked, How is your father, the old man you spoke about? Is he still alive? Yes, they replied. Our father, your servant, is alive and well. And they bowed low again. Then Joseph looked at his brother Benjamin, the son of his own mother. Is this your youngest brother, the one you told me about? Joseph asked. May God be gracious to you, my son. Zechariah 4, 1 to 5, 11. Then the angel who had been talking with me, Zechariah, returned and woke me as though I had been asleep. What do you see now? he asked. I answered, I see a solid gold lampstand with a bowl of oil on top of it. Around the bowl are seven lamps, each having seven spouts with wicks. And I see two olive trees, one on each side of the bowl. Then I asked the angel, What are these, my lord? What do they mean? Don't you know? the angel asked. No, my lord, I replied. Then he said to me, This is what the Lord says to Zerubbabel. It is not by force, nor by strength, but by my spirit, says the Lord of heaven's armies, Yahweh Savayot. Nothing, not even a mighty mountain, will stand in Zerubbabel's way. It will become a level plain before him. And when Zerubbabel sets the final stone of the temple in place, the people will shout, May God bless it. May God bless it. Then another message came to me from the Lord. Zerubbabel is the one who laid the foundation of this temple, and he will complete it. Then you will know that the Lord of Heaven's armies has sent me. Do not despise these small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin, to see the plumb line in Zerubbabel's hand. The seven lamps represent the eyes of the Lord that search all around the world. Then I asked the angel, What are these two olive trees on each side of the lampstand? And what are the two olive branches that pour out golden oil through two gold tubes? Don't you know? he asked. No, my Lord. Then he said to me, They represent the two anointed ones who stand in the court of the Lord of all the earth. I looked up again and saw a scroll flying through the air. What do you see? the angel asked. I see a flying scroll, I replied. It appears to be about 30 feet long and 15 feet wide. 
Then he said to me, This scroll contains the curse that is going out over the entire land. One side of the scroll says that those who steal will be banished from the land. The other side says that those who swear falsely will be banished from the land. And this is what the Lord of Heaven's army says, I am sending this curse into the house of every thief and into the house of everyone who swears falsely using my name. And my curse will remain in that house and completely destroy it, even its timbers and stones. Then the angel who was talking with me came forward and said, Look up and see what's coming. What is it? I asked. He replied, It is a basket for measuring grain, and it's filled with the sins of everyone throughout the land. Then the heavy lead cover was lifted off the basket, and there was a woman sitting inside it. The angel said, The woman's name is Wickedness, and he pushed her back into the basket and closed the heavy lid again. Then I looked up and saw two women flying around us, gliding on the wind. They had wings like a stork, and they picked up the basket and flew into the sky. Where are they taking the basket? I asked the angel. He replied, To the land of Babylonia, where they will build a temple for the basket. And when the temple is ready, they will set the basket there on its pedestal. Revelation 14, 1-20 Then I, John, saw the Lamb standing on Mount Zion, and with him were 144,000, who had his name and his Father's name written on their foreheads. And I heard a sound from heaven like the roar of mighty ocean waves, or the rolling of loud thunder. It was like the sound of many harpists playing together. This great choir sang a wonderful new song in front of the throne of God, and before the four living beings and the twenty-four elders. No one could learn this song except the 144,000 who had been redeemed from the earth. They have kept themselves as pure as virgins, following the Lamb wherever He goes. They have been purchased from among the people on the earth as a special offering to God and to the Lamb. They have told no lies. They are without blame. And I saw another angel flying through the air, carrying the eternal good news to proclaim to the people who belong to this world, to every nation, tribe, language, and people. Fear God, he shouted, give glory to him, for the time has come when he will sit as judge. Worship him who made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and all the springs of water. Then another angel followed him through the sky, shouting, Babylon is fallen, that great city is fallen because she made all the nations of the world drink the wine of her passionate immorality. Then a third angel followed them, shouting, Anyone who worships the beast and his statue, or who accepts his mark on the forehead or on the hand, must drink the wine of God's anger. It has been poured full strength into God's cup of wrath and they will be tormented with fire and burning sulfur in the presence of the holy angels and the Lamb. The smoke of their torment will rise forever and ever, and they will have no relief day or night, for they have worshipped the beast and his statue and have accepted the mark of his name. This means that God's holy people must endure persecution patiently, obeying his commands and maintaining their faith in Yeshua. And I heard a voice from heaven saying, 
Write this down. Blessed are those who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the Spirit, they are blessed indeed, for they will rest from their hard work, for their good deeds follow them. Then I saw a white cloud, and seated on the cloud was someone like the Son of Man. He had a golden crown on his head and a sharp sickle in his hand. Then another angel came from the temple and shouted to the one sitting on the cloud, Swing the sickle, for the time of harvest has come. The crop on earth is ripe. So the one sitting on the cloud swung his sickle over the earth, and the whole earth was harvested. After that, another angel came from the temple in heaven, and he also had a sharp sickle. Then another angel, who had power to destroy with fire, came from the altar. He shouted to the angel with a sharp sickle, Swing your sickle now to gather the clusters of grapes from the vines of the earth, for they are ripe for judgment. So the angel swung his sickle over the earth and loaded the grapes into the great winepress of God's wrath. The grapes were trampled in the winepress outside the city, and blood flowed from the winepress in a stream about 180 miles long and as high as a horse's bridle. Psalm 142, 1-7 I cry out to the Lord, I plead for the Lord's mercy. I pour out my complaints before him and tell him all my troubles. When I am overwhelmed, you alone know the way I should turn. Wherever I go, my enemies have set traps for me. I look for someone to come and help me, but no one gives me a passing thought. No one will help me. No one cares a bit what happens to me. Then I pray to you, O Lord, I say, you are my place of refuge. You are all I really want in life. Hear my cry, for I am very low. Rescue me from my persecutors, for they are too strong for me. Bring me out of prison so I can thank you. The godly will crowd around me, for you are good to me. Proverbs 30, 21-23 There are three things that make the earth tremble. No four it cannot endure. A slave who becomes a king, an overbearing fool who prospers, a bitter woman who finally gets a husband, a servant girl who supplants her mistress. I want to speak to you today from Zechariah chapter 4, and then we're going to jump into Revelation. And in Zechariah chapter 4, there's a lot of symbology, symbols, and it all pertains to the end of days. It's very connected. It's actually really cool that we are reading Zechariah at the same time that we're reading Revelation because there's a lot of connections between the two books. So in Zechariah chapter 4, verses 11 12, 13, 14. I want to read that and talk about it. Then I asked the angel, what are these two olive trees on each side of the lampstand? And what are these two olive branches that pour out golden oil through the two golden tubes? Don't you know? He asked. No, my Lord, I replied. Then he said to me, they represent the two anointed ones who stand in the court of the Lord of all the earth. So let's unpack that. Two olive trees on each side of the lampstand. That goes back to Ezekiel chapter 37, that there are two sticks, and one stick or tree is labeled Judah, and the other stick or tree 
is labeled Joseph, and it represents the two kingdoms, the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom. Also, it relates to Romans chapter 11, where we have the description of an olive tree being described here with deep roots. And there are two kinds of branches, natural branches, which is Judah, and wild olive branches, which is Ephraim, or Joseph, the ten tribes of the north, the northern kingdom. And so those all tie together. But also these two, he gives an interpretation. Who are these two? Don't you know? No, my Lord. He said they represent the two anointed ones who stand in the court of the Lord of all the earth. This connects back to Revelation chapter 7, where we have the two witnesses. And the two witnesses are given special powers. And um, they are able to call down fire from heaven. And they are given a 42-month period of time to be a witness unto the Lord. So they are doing their ministry at the same time that the beast system is fully deployed, when the mark of the beast is fully deployed, when the Antichrist is in charge of a one-world global government. So these two witnesses are up on the Temple Mount uh, witnessing and speaking the word of the Lord and doing these great miracles. And so those two witnesses are the same two that are described here in Zechariah. They represent the two anointed ones who stand in the court of the Lord of all the earth. Now I want to go into Revelation and just briefly touch on a very important principle. And in Revelation chapter 14, verse 12, this means that God's holy people must endure persecution patiently, obeying his commands and maintaining their faith in Yeshua. So who are God's people during this time of tribulation? They have two main characteristics. Obey, they obey his commands and they maintain their faith in Yeshua. Now, the enemy has used a strategy to try to divide that up. So you have lots and lots of mainstream Christians who maintain their faith in Christ, in Yeshua, but they don't obey his commands. They don't follow the Torah. And then you have others who obey his commands, who follow the Torah, but they've lost their faith in Yeshua. They're disconnected from the head, who is Yeshua. And that could be true of, I've seen this in the Hebrew roots world, people who embrace the Torah with all their heart, and slowly over time, they drift away from Yeshua. And some of them ultimately end up hopping the fence and converting to Judaism and renouncing Christ, which is such a tragedy. So God's people are marked by two characteristics that we must make sure that we're doing. I want to go back into Revelation chapter 12, verse 17, because the exact same principle is described here as well. Revelation 12, verse 17, The dragon was angry at the woman and declared war against the rest of her children. Now this woman, remember, her name is Zion. She's going to give birth to a nation called Zion. And we are her children. And um, so that's who she is. The, the dragon was angry at the woman, declared war against the rest of her children. And who are they? All who keep God's commandments and maintain their testimony for Yeshua. There's two characteristics. 
keeping God's commandments, in other words, following the Torah, and maintaining their testimony for Yeshua. That is critical. It's vital. Okay, so we have something in common with our mainstream Christian brothers and sisters. They have a faith in Yeshua. Okay, so they, they're part of the family, but they just need to have their eyes opened to following the Torah, obeying the Torah by the power of the indwelling Holy Spirit. And then there are others who obey the Torah, but who don't know yet the Son. That could include some of our love, uh, wonderful brothers and sisters who are Orthodox Jews. They follow the Torah, but they don't yet know the Messiah, Yeshua. And they're part of God's family, too. They just don't know Yeshua yet. So there will come a day when their eyes will also be opened. But to be fully in Him during the tribulation, we need both of those characteristics to be true about ourselves. That we are obeying and following God's commandments. We follow the Torah and we keep the testimony of Yeshua. That's very, very important. We must never denounce or turn away from Yeshua. He is the head. Yeshua and Yahweh are one. They are one and the same. The Father and the Son, they are one. In fact, there's a verse in Philippians that's often quoted. It's very, very famous verse. People probably have it as a magnet on their refrigerator. Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. So in that's the King James. Now, if I change the words, because see, this truth has been kept from us by the enemy because he's changed the words and the meaning. Now, whenever you see the word Lord in all caps in the King James, actually that word Lord in all caps is Yahweh, yod Vavhe. And so instead of putting in yod Vavhe, they just put in the word Lord. So it veils and conceals a truth. And of course, we know that whenever we see the word Jesus, that's the English version for Yeshua. And Yeshua in Hebrew means salvation. So let's say that verse again with the true meaning of the words in there. Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Yeshua HaMashiach is Yahweh. Think about that. Let that sink in. Yeshua is Yahweh. They are the one and the same. So do not ever renounce Yeshua. Yeshua is Yahweh. I'm going to close with this beautiful worship song called Bo Yeshua, which means Come Yeshua, sung by Joshua Aaron. Jesus, we're thankful. Yeshua, we're thankful. We know you always were. We're thankful you, you took on flesh. We're thankful you came. We're thankful you died. Yeshua, we're thankful you rose again. We're thankful that when you went up, your spirit came down, Lord. We're so thankful, Lord. Thank you, God. Yeshua, as believers, we really look forward to you returning. <laughs> and we say as believers, Lord, we say come. We say bo. Bo means come. We say bo Yeshua. Say bo Yeshua.
Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24 to 26. Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.